Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I wanted to, like, grab a coffee with you because I felt like... Yeah, I didn't understand what this was about. (laughs) Look, I walked in, and I sort of came up to you, and I was... I didn't know about your grandmother, first of all. I'm so sorry. How are you? How was the memorial? It was sad. I didn't know, so um, that's that's really unfortunate. I hope that today went well, though. Yeah, it was fine. Sigh. Just felt like you were not your usual oneself. I wanted to make sure everything was good, you know? I mean, yeah, everything's fine. I, to be honest with you, feel like we're just very different people. Like, I don't really understand the way sometimes you are. It almost makes me uncomfortable. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our Real Housewives of New York edition. I've been hearing that, like, the numbers, the ratings, and the opinions of uh, many people are that they don't like this show. And I'm so confused. Maybe it's just because, like, I know New York and there's just, like, very, very New York stuff happening that I love to watch, but... It just makes me sad for the people who aren't enjoying the show because I'm very, very much enjoying it. And I think this is a great cast and a nice little refresh of our uh, girls. So I'm, I'm really happy. So let's be happy together and talk about the latest episode, shall we? I think we shall. So we start off where we left off with Bryn's giving. Where Bryn is like being very open and vulnerable about her childhood and how rough it was and she's talking about how her grandmother ended up adopting her after 
she and her siblings after, you know, whatever was going on, the abuse, the neglect that happened between uh, her kids, her parents, and um, she and her siblings, and how, oh my god, this is like one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever heard in my life, where Bryn says that, like, somebody asked her, you know, like, okay, after your grandmother adopted you, did things start getting better, more stable, whatever, and she says that as a first grader, she was so upset that she once drank a bottle of Dimetap because she wanted to sleep forever. And that just broke my heart. Like, I can't even imagine how, what would have gone on in your life, what little life you had been living at that point, that you would even know to, like, want to do that. I, I just can't even wrap my mind around that. It's so, so heartbreaking. Everybody's crying it's very hard to take and Jenna's saying in a confessional like it's heartbreaking imagining a little girl not being cared for and like then Bryn goes on to say you know she would just always do this like thing where in her mind if she were just cute enough or smart enough then maybe she'll be able to stay where she wants to and then Bryn talks about how her father revoked all his rights like legally but then when she was a senior in high school she gets this call she had only spoken to that man once or twice before that and she th- finds out that he's in the hospital dying with cirrhosis of the liver and that from that point on they basically had a lovely relationship she would see him every weekend and she yeah, they just, like, they really got together. And so Sai asks her if he ever apologized. And Bryn says that he told her that there was never a day where he didn't look in the mirror and see a monster. So she forgave him because, like, what else are you going to do? But this is the reason why she doesn't like Thanksgiving that much is because he died on November 12th. So Sai tells her, Bryn, you turned out pretty spectacular. And, and Jezel says, you know, there are so many people who would let what happened to you fail them and you didn't and then Sai says in a confessional she didn't really know all that information but it's like really great that Bryn trusts them all enough to be like a safe space for her and then they all cheers to a built-in family <laughs> and I don't know if everybody heard this but Sai goes to my food stamp bitch <laughs> and then they clink glasses and you know I just love women supporting women like more on that later I guess but Brynn says in a confessional, people always ask her, how is it that she's so happy? And she's like, you know, I just felt so much pain that, like, I know both sides. So I've chosen happiness. So then they all start talking about how, you know, like, the holidays can be tough for everybody. But Uba's like, not me. No family. No one's in the city and everything's 50% off. And I thought, that's my girl. (laughs) As somebody who is chronically in the city during the holidays, it feels good. It is a great time. It's like... The equivalent of if you live in a college town and everybody goes home for the summer, it's like, it's like that. It's just quieter. She's right. Everything is 50% off. It's just a lovely time. After that, Jessel invites everybody to an event that she's hosting for this designer that she's representing. And like, this is going to be her debut, right? Then they start talking about the food and like the food that Bryn's giving, right? And Sai goes, you know, my main concern was to feed everyone and make sure that people didn't talk shit about me. Aaron. And I also got nice, nice toilet paper, Aaron. And Aaron's like, well, she, she lobbied this right over. It's better than being a cackling hag in the Hamptons, isn't it? And so 
Jessel's like, oh god, it's a joke. Like, in England, it's like a fun colloquial thing. So Jessel says in a confessional that Britons are crude. Like, they say stuff like bollocks, you know, pussy, whatever the fuck. And cackling hacks is nothing, right? But Aaron says in a confessional, this is like watching, waiting, like a cat waiting to pounce on me. Like, she just, why is she always doing this? And I will say that I do... I feel like a lot of people turned on Jessel in her favor this week, and I'm not quite there yet, but I do feel like Aaron thinks that she is in a battle against Jessel that Jessel doesn't think that she's in. I don't think she's, I don't think there's like a, maybe like a frenemy ship, but I, I just don't think that Jessel feels like she's competing against Aaron or coming for Aaron in the way that Aaron thinks that Jessel's coming for her. Jenna really tries to smooth things over because she's the one who let the cat out of the bag to begin with. Uh, Speaking of cats that want to pounce, but she's like, you know, I don't think it's that mean. I actually think it's a term of endearment. And, you know, if she called me a hag, I'd be totally fine. (laughs) I think we're overcorrecting a bit, but okay. So Aaron says in a confessional that Jessel says what she wants all the time and does not think about the repercussions or how people are going to take it. So should I call you a stupid bitch and be like, Oh, no big deal. It's just what we say in New York. (laughs) You see what I mean? Why are we using an English accent for you? (laughs) The New Yorker, (laughs) you know? Okay. Fine. I read a headline. I didn't, um, get into depth in it, but I did see that. I guess Aaron was on a podcast and she said that, uh, what did the headline say? That she had like changed her mind and that she had donated to, pl- or that Planned Parenthood had been there for her when she was in a time of need and that I guess her um, feelings have evolved since she donated four times to Stop to Steal three years ago. So there we have it, you guys. <laughs> Do I feel like her um, opinions probably changed once people figured out who she voted for or donated to? Yeah. But what am I going to do about it? (laughs) I'm going to have to talk about it regardless. You know, why? And like, the thing is, like, people are going to be like, oh, this is so great. How progressive of you. And you know what? Like, (laughs) like, we're we're not going to brush past the fact that like, okay, I am what? Maybe six months older than Aaron. Also living in New York. Also seeing all these protests. And also seeing, you know, the the clashing and the, and the, conversations and and like if you want to be the capital n capital y new yorker that you claim to be i just feel like how could you have seen all the conversation leading up to the election and then you vote for this man and then you see what happened in the city for the last the four years that he was there in in dc and and all of this like i just find that (laughs) okay (laughs) And honestly, I shouldn't be doing this, but it's like, it's people like them that that we should be most scared of. Like, we always try to stereotype these conservatives as being like slack-dawed yokels from the South who like are stupid and don't know anything. But really, it's like people like Aaron who like look cool or whatever and have little fucking beach waves. And you're like, oh, she's she's harmless, right? She couldn't possibly have done that. And we're just going to let her get away with it because she looks cool and she's like cute or whatever. She doesn't look like fucking Toby. What the fuck? So, you know, she doesn't look like somebody who would be on Fox News. So we can't just, you know, make that joke about her and then move on. You know, like, okay, move on. (laughs) Anyway. (sighs) Okay. So then Brent tells Jessel 
to just admit things. Like, just admit that you were talking shit about the lingerie or the cackling hag saying, don't try to redefine things post-mortem. Like, don't try to rewrite history and act like you weren't being shady in the moment when you were. And then she, Brit asks her, do you want to take that back? Do you want to take the cackling hag comment back? And Jessel's like, no. I felt like I was getting ambushed and like you were a bunch of cackling hags. So, <laughs> so then Aaron's like, I just feel like you were annoyed the whole weekend and like you didn't have a good time. And then sometimes I look at you and like, honestly, you seem kind of miserable. And we see a flashback where they're like a bunch of them are in the car in the Hamptons. And she's like, oh, like looking out the window, like, I don't want to be here. I want to be here with my kids. And she's explaining, I, I was missing my kids. It was like the first or second time that I had been away from them. And that's all it was. So then Bryn goes, but then after that day, you seemed super irritated. I I hit you up the next day. I texted you to see if you were okay. And you were like, oh, I'm good. I'm going out. So like, I'm confused because you were saying, oh, I want to be with my kids. But then here you are going out the next day. It didn't really seem that big, like that big of a deal. So Jessel first tries to be like, no, that was like two days later. And she was like, no, it wasn't. And she goes, okay, well, I went out for a work thing, right? I had a work dinner. And so Aaron goes, oh, you're working now? And Jess is like, yeah, I have a job. <laughs> and Aaron's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I just thought, like, whatever. And she's like, no, I, I, of course I work, Aaron. So Jessel says in a confessional, it's, it's just so condescending. I've been in the fashion world for 20 years. I've worked my whole life. I'm not really sure why she's so confused. But Aaron says that Jessel told her that she was taking a break from work after the twins and they never had a conversation about her starting again. Which, like, I, I genuinely do believe that Erin was just like, oh, not, I don't think she was trying to say, oh, you have a job? Like, you don't do anything all day? She's like, oh, I thought you were on, like, sabbatical or whatever. So then Brynn switches subjects and goes, Jessel, when was the last time you came? <laughs> Jessel goes, came where? <laughs> And Bryn goes, I rest my case. So then they're like, guys, we already talked about the sex stuff between me and Pavit. Like, I've spoken to my other friends, too, and it's not abnormal. And Sai goes, well, I spread my legs. Even with my kids. Like, they're in the, they're on the other floor. Their rooms are on the other floor, so. <laughs> so Jessel's just like, it's a process. It takes time. Bryn tells her, just start with the blowjob. Break the seal. And, and you know what's coming back, actually? Hand jobs. Hand jobs. Uber goes, Really? You know, anything with a job in it, like, I can tell you, I don't want to do it. No interest. <laughs> After that, we see all the ladies, like, you know, B-roll, typical of them out and about watching their kids or whatever. Pavit and Jessel are doing Christmas cards, whatever. And this is the New York shit, because we just see Uba at Pastrami Queen. It's a place on the Upper East Side, eating a hot dog and pickles and talking to the man about how he makes his pickles. And just classic New York. Yeah, I really, really love to see it. And then we head over to Brooklyn to watch Sai being an influencer and really like putting us on to some game about how she does it, right? So she starts off by saying she made her, majored in biology, wanted to be a pediatrician, but she always loved fashion. So she got her first internship at Alberta Ferretti. But then after that, she's like, I don't want to work for anybody else. So she learned how to code, got herself a little website, started blogging, children's fashion with her daughter, like mommy and me stuff, right? Then... The blog hits BuzzFeed. They did an article on her and the rest is history. So now she's got a staff. She's got an attorney and brand manager. This person interns giving out health insurance. And she's like, listen, brands come to me because. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. they know that like they can get returns on the content that I give. So whether it's YouTube on the gram, on the grid, rather on the stories, I got you. Right. So we do see her talking about how to do this campaign with Victoria's secret. And if it's, it's like a date night kind of vibe, right? She's like, am I wearing lingerie and that's it? Or am I like wearing my lingerie and pairing it with an outfit What's the thing? There's some joke about swiping up that they were very tickled about. Didn't get a chuckle out of me. But you know what? I'm happy to learn. As a content creator myself, it's pretty impressive to see that she can have all of this. But like, is it misogynistic? It is. But I'm still curious. Y'all know, like, the thing that I want to know the most about are people's tax returns. I just want to know, like, did she retire David? Or did David retire himself? Like... What's David's story? Because, y'all, that Brooklyn townhouse ain't cheap. Okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. This shit ain't cheap. And and you got two kids in school. Woo, 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 woo. So how do, how would, and, and you got a whole staff. It, it's just me running this operation, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Obviously. But, like, how does she do it? How does she do it? And, and I, here's my other thing. It's like, I, I really should do like an inside the content creator studio with Sai. How do you like relinquish control? I, I should DM her because one thing about me is like, it's not that I don't want to pay people. I mean, I would like to keep my budget on a she by Sheree level. And by that, I mean, just like keep most of it for myself, <laughs> but I want to be fair. I want to be fair, but let's be clear about that. Y'all aren't going to catch me. Okay. I do want to be fair, but I just want to keep it low but I just feel like why am I farming out this labor that I can do by myself like what what else am I gonna do you know so like how do you relinquish control and should I really I I need to drop the merch that that should be my first lesson are you guys listening still and let's move on So then we go for what I feel is the scene of the episode when Jessel and Aaron meet up in Tribeca. Aaron says in a confessional, they're not really in a place where they would be getting coffee. So she's kind of wondering what Jessel wants to talk to her about. Then she goes, maybe she realized she was annoying AF in my house and is coming to apologize. So like we all know, Aaron lives in Tribeca. She's telling Jessel, like, this is my spot. Have you ever been here? And Jessel's like, oh, you know, like a couple of my friends are moving down here and, you know, the neighborhood's like really up and coming. <laughs> and Aaron looks at her and goes, um, it's there. And Jessel goes, oh, is it there? 
you know, I feel like it still needs restaurants. Like, I feel like it's got a lot of potential. And Aaron's like, potential? It's the most expensive zip code in the city. Like, not to talk about myself, but like, it's just the fact. And then Aaron says in a confessional, I am at a loss for words. <laughs> and as a real estate person, this is the most ridiculous comment I've ever heard. As a New Yorker, that just does not connect for me. Like, what this tells me is that Jessel knows absolutely nothing about New York City and that you just got here yesterday. <laughs> and she's not wrong. <laughs> but this is also like, I am, I watched this the first time and I was like, fully team Aaron. And then I watched this the second time and I'm like, oh, this is like some inside baseball New York shit that I don't think translates to other people. <laughs> like, it's like coastal elite bullshit conversation. But like, Aaron is right. To be clear, she's absolutely right. And I don't know what Jessel's thinking, but I do think it's funny that she's like, oh, is it? Like, I just feel like it needs restaurants or something. <laughs> Tribeca, like, basically only has restaurants. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. And Jessel lives in Chelsea, which is, like, I don't know, like a couple, a few neighborhoods up from uh, Tribeca. And I would say... I mean, Chelsea's not really, like, the neighborhood I hang out in too much. And, frankly, neither is Tribeca. But I I would say, like, Tribeca has historically had, like, a... And by historically, I mean, like, since the 90s. Like, Brynn talks about it later. Like, maybe it was up and coming when JFK Jr. was living there. But, like, it's it's been there for quite some time. Um, It, it used to be the place where, like... Jay-Z and Beyonce lived there, like, early in their relationship. De Niro lived there. DiCaprio. Like, this was, like, the enclave for celebrities, like, back in the 2000s, for sure. And Bethany has had several of her apartments that we've seen on the show in Tribeca. So, like, I really don't know what she's talking about. It is a very, very wealthy part of... (laughs) And it, it is kind of laughable to be like, oh, this is up and coming. Like, I would say for a while, Tribeca had this sort of reputation of, like, if you lived on the Upper East Side growing up, and you were, like, cool, like, cool girl, whatever, and you still wanted to live in Manhattan, but not anywhere near where you grew up, you would move to Tribeca and, like, live your, like, hot, my husband's in finance and I do yoga all day, and, like, my kids are have three nannies and, and that sort of thing, and I don't have a job. You know, like, that's where she, and I, like, impossibly thin... And, like, just running around, filling my life up, you know, just, like, running my husband's credit card up. And God bless him. God bless him. Like, Erin is a quintessential Tribeca girl. Like, had kids young, moderately hot husband, still wants to go out to dinner at night. Like, that sort of vibe. But anyway. Um, so, Jessel goes, anyway, um... How was Friendsgiving for you? Like, I walked in and I came up to you and I just, I didn't know about your grandfather. I'm so sorry. And it just felt like you weren't your usual warm self. And Aaron's like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) because my grandma just died and I just buried her. Like, duh. So Jessel goes on to say, I just wanted to make sure everything was good. And Aaron's like, listen, I mean, like, yeah, everything's fine. Just to be honest, I think we're very different people and I don't really understand the way you are. Like, you're smiling and happy and then you're not and then you're positive and then you're actually upset about something like in the Hamptons. And Aaron says, this is what I think. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I think that you're used to being treated a certain way, like catered to. And so Jessel says, do you think I'm a princess? And Brent says, maybe a little bit. Like, is, is that bad? 
And so Jessel's like, oh, a princess that doesn't work, apparently. And so Aaron goes, you told me that you weren't working since you had the kids. And she goes, but I never said that. So let me tell you. I launched my own consultancy. I'm starting to take on designers again. I'm working. I truly embrace women that are working. And when Aaron says, wait, so now I don't embrace women? Jessel goes, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that, like, you said you don't think that I work. (laughs) And this is very Ramona. Like, there were times where I'm watching this episode and I'm thinking, did she, like, write down a strip like how Ramona navigated the housewives of the early seasons and was like I'm gonna do that because it's giving because she'll throw something out be like you know I support other women obviously the assumption that the other person is going to get is that you think that I don't and then when you ask when that person asks you like that's not what I said I'm just saying that I do <laughs> it's like well then why are you saying it if that's not what you're saying vicky does this Teresa does it too it's very funny to watch if this were me i'd be infuriated like don't don't try to play tricksy with me girl not doing it now it does seem like aaron was right because when you say i'm starting to take on designers again or i just launched something means like you probably weren't doing something and now you're starting to do them now (laughs) so i don't know what she's talking about but anyway Aaron's like you know what mazel tov for launching your own business i didn't know that you launched it but don't ever try to say that i don't build women up like that's not okay and so jess was like well i just didn't feel that from you (laughs) and so Aaron says in a confessional this is why i have a trouble with jessel I don't know that she's working again because she never told me. And now I don't support other women, which is incredibly insulting. So Jessel tells her, I've just never been called a princess before, which, and and you weren't, you still weren't. But anyway, Jessel goes on to say, I, I just like, I don't lie. I don't like that. I don't like that you said that I'm like being catered to because I came here as an immigrant with nothing and I worked my way to the top. So being catered to is actually extremely condescending. And so Aaron says, I I think, like, maybe we're... Mm. <laughs> and Jessel goes, yeah, I mean, I think we're on the same page, actually. Like, I don't have time for fake friends. So, cheers to that. <laughs> so what I think is happening here are, like, two separate things. Like, we do have to pull back and realize that what Erin is referring to in terms of being catered to is what? Jessel saying that she was cold because the heat ran out in the bedrooms and because she wanted Wi-Fi, which... Listen, was she being a drip? Absolutely. But were those, like, real complaints? No. The real problem was what she said about the gift that Jenna gave, the lingerie. But that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with Aaron. So, you know. So I think Aaron is coming from a place of, like, you were complaining and being a drip, but also you were being really rude to Jenna, whereas Jessel's just like, I'm just talking about the things that I've, like, allegedly done to you, which has been nothing. So, what now? (laughs) So Aaron says in a confessional, if I could have an honest conversation with her, we'd be good. But I can't with somebody who doesn't want to see their part in any situation. And then Jessel says in a confessional, I'm just disappointed and and thought this would be a time where we would connect and have a little laugh over coffees. But this is like five steps backward. 
So then they like end the scene, right? And I, I wish we could see more of these awkward times where the women didn't come to like they they they're at an impasse, right? And they have to leave, but it's like I think this happened once with Bethany and Carol. <laughs> so Erin has to do this thing where she's waiting for Jessel to leave. So she can walk out so they don't have to do the like, oh, bye, whatever thing. So she's just pretending to be on her phone, just standing there, waiting and waiting and waiting. And then we can hear her talking to herself. She's like, she's a lunatic. Like, that was fucking weird. (laughs) So then after that, we go over to Jenna's house. Thank God. Jenna comes over to her place, her storage unit, really, to help her get rid of some clothes to sell. Jenna says in a confessional, people always ask her, why do you have so many clothes, so many shoes still? But like, sorry, nobody asked a photographer why they keep their archives. However, I do periodically have to go through and call it. So, you know, also I evolve and, and get fat too. But so we're seeing pieces like, like, oh, I met the Obamas in the skirt. I met Kate Middleton in this purple dress. And here's my senior project from Parsons where Donna Karen told me to quilt this jacket, but I couldn't afford it. So I had to make a coat out of comforter. And she had an A-plus on it. And it looked cute. It was like a cute little moment. After that, Bren and Sai meet up for coffee and to play chess. <laughs> Something that I don't think I've ever thought we would see on Housewives. Bryn says, basically, she's like, you know, reparenting herself. All the shit that she couldn't afford to do as kids, she's now doing as adult. Fencing. Playing the violin. Chess. Whatever. So Bryn tells... Side that she got a call from Jessel saying that she's basically over talking about all the Hampton stuff and how she met up with Aaron and like she told her her side of what's going on. So Bryn called Aaron, happened to be like, oh, we're in the same neighborhood. So come over, girl, while I'm playing chess to tell me your side. So Aaron says in a confessional that she and Jessel had two different conversations, like I said, and it was like, like arguing with a chat bot. Like you put in your information and then out comes this word salad. So Aaron first tells him about like the Tribeca being up and coming information. And they like are gagged about that. Like, I, I don't know. And so I was like, well, maybe she didn't know where she was. <laughs> so Brent says, well, I got a call from Jessel about how she wants everybody to stop talking about the Hamptons. But Aaron's like, nobody was trying to attack her. We just voiced our opinions on how it was wrong. And then I told her, like, maybe you grew up sheltered. And she was like, so are you calling me a princess? And Aaron says, but I didn't say that you did. And then all of a sudden, Jessel starts welling up with tears. So Bryn says, I just think it's interesting that you called her a princess. She called you a hackling, cackling hag. But she's the one who ended up crying. <laughs> and so Bryn's like, but she keeps saying, like, she wants to move on. And she wants, But she's the one who keeps bringing it up. She's also not taking the steps to move on. So I'm confused. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And Sai goes, look, I'm also over-talking about the Hamptons because Jessel's not going to own it. And then she says in a confessional, confessional Jessel's sweet. And I really don't think she's a malicious person, but she can't take accountability for shit. So can you just say sorry so we can all move on? So then Aaron tells them about how Jessel said that they're both women in business, but they're like, what does it have to do with anything? Something's wrong. But also, are you guys going to her event? (laughs) So Aaron's like, honestly, like, I really didn't want to. I wasn't going to, but like, I'm not going to give her that. She already said that I don't support other women. So what is this going to look like if I don't show up? So I'm coming. So after that, we head back to Jessel's house. She's having her first fashion event with her company, which is called The No. Don't look at the Instagram. There are zero posts on that. But this is for her girls. Uh, I think her name is Esha's handbags. She's like, they knew each other from Jessel was doing PR for Michael Kors. Esha was, I guess, one of the designers. She's now on her own. And so... Here comes, uh, I was about to say here comes Honey Boo Boo. Here comes Jessel to, you know, like promote her, have her make the rounds, whatever you call it, right? Schmooze. Network, right? So Poppet, Poppet's just standing at the corner with a carrot stick and a champagne glass. And she's like, why, why? He's like, well, it's healthier. And Jessel's like, can you not do this at my party, please? So then she tells Pavit that Jenna isn't coming because she's got some event. So the cameras head over to her place where she's having like a lovely little family time. Her son Beckett's there. She's got her two goddaughters. Um, her Michael, I think his name is, the, the chef. And they're just having like family night, putting up the Christmas tree, throwing uh, baubles on the on the tree. To Jenna's horror. For some reason, they're all dressed like uh, members of Talking Heads, like the Blue Band group. They're all in jumpsuits. Uh, so yeah, they're just having like a cute little time. It's actually funny to me, in like an endearing way, how much Jenna loves Christmas. She tells us like, I love the smells. I I love uh, Mariah. I love the lighting. It's you know the lights are like sequins on a tree. <laughs> Jenna Lyons loves Christmas. And I just did not expect that. So basically the gag is she has um, custody of her son for two months out of the, two weeks out of the month. So sorry, Jessel. Sai shows up to the event first and she confronts Jessel and is like, I heard you got emotional. But Jessel's like, no, I didn't. It was awkward. And Sai goes, she called you a princess and you cried, didn't you? But I will say, to be f- completely fair to Jessel, she does clarify, Aaron did not call me a princess. She said, I think you like being catered to. And I said, so you're calling me a princess. But she's like, you know, I came here with no money. I worked my ass off. Maybe I do give off a certain vibe. So Sai says, you do have like an old money vibe. I will say, like, maybe it's the English accent. <laughs> and then Jessel really killed me. She says in a confessional, at this point, they're making assumptions based on how I sound and look. Isn't that illegal in America? <laughs> Well, <laughs> Sai tells Jessel, don't be offended because, like, honestly, if somebody looked like at me and told me I look like old money, I'd be like, yes. And then Bryn walks in next, and Sai goes, oh, you look like old money. And Bryn is like genuinely taken aback. She's like, that is the best compliment. Thank you. That is so sweet. 
listen, we got to give it up to our girl Jessel because she has some heavy hitters in fashion at her house. We had Mickey Boardman, a paper magazine. We had Lynn Yeager, who's like a big time head bitch at Vogue. Like, this is legit. This is legit, legit people. The latest FaceTime Jenna, and Jenna's like, I'm sorry, you guys. I, I just don't get to see my son all the time. And so Uba and Brynn are like, wait, I thought she had like a, an actual event. If this was just like a family time, making a Christmas tree. Okay, why couldn't she just say that? Why don't you just say my son's coming over, we're putting together a tree. So then Aaron shows up and Jezel like kind of meets her at the door. She's like, you know, before you even walk in, I just want you to know that my intention with the conversation was to just get over it. And I'm sorry if I offended you and that's not my intention. And then she says in a confessional, I'm surprised Aaron came because we left things in a weird place. And quite frankly, you want to cut the root of the weed before it turns into a weed. So we want to play nice in the playground. <laughs> Is that another like British saying? Because I, I think maybe we could scrap that one. It's like a little clunky. We got for the weeds to the player. I don't, it, it's fine. Aaron that says, you know, I'm just making an effort. Even though my baby isn't really feeling well, I just wanted to support you as a woman. <laughs> and then Aaron says in a confessional, I'm done. Like, hopefully we can move on and be like normal friends. I'm not going to be forgetting how crazy you are, but we're good for now. Then Aaron goes to get some wine and she takes one sip and is like, mm-mm. And then she makes Bryn try it. And they're like, what is this, two-buck chuck? But I actually like two-buck chuck. And Aaron says it's actually rancid, worse than the two-buck chuck, which, unfortunately, you know, due to inflation, how much is a bottle of two-buck chuck these days? I know last time I checked it was three. Gotta be like seven at this point. So anyway, Aaron then invites everybody to her anniversary party and says that she's going to be, there. she and Abe are going to be doing vows because they never did them the first time they got married. Does she not know about the housewife's curse? No, she'll she'll figure it out. Sai says in a confessional, I just want to know if there's going to be any type of food. Okay. <laughs> so the ladies start talking about Jenna's non-event. And Bryn's like, you know, it's Jenna Lyon, not Jenna Lyons. Like L-I-E. And it was like, please, please don't confuse me. English is like my fourth language. <laughs> so Bryn says in a confessional, you know, if I was the one that was honest about not coming tonight, there would have been hell to pay. And I would have been accused of the worst possible things. Like I was out partying at Marquee with all their husbands. And then we went to Sapphires. That's what they would say about me. <laughs> Which is a little extreme. Like I was with her on the... Uh, no, I wasn't actually with her. <laughs> I actually was not with her with the Jenna stuff. Because Jenna apologized to Aaron immediately. Whereas according to Aaron, uh, Bryn let that catch shit stew for like several weeks i'm actually not on her page but i do no i'm actually not i was gonna make a big point in, in defense of brand but i can't this time sorry you're on your own <laughs> i think it's time for brand to get over this like what happens for jenna is okay but it, it's not okay for me i i don't think either of these situations really apply we gotta let let the mouse go on this one but then Brenda's like, Sai, um, when you do your homework with your kids, is that an event? Is that what you call an event? Like, if I went to the bathroom and this morning I took a shit, I guess I had a gala, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. And God, is that the end of the episode? I guess it is. Wow. Well, I guess I had less to talk about than I thought. <laughs> 
it was still a really great episode. Maybe, did I miss a whole page? Maybe I didn't. Well, maybe I guess we're just efficient today. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.